0: Welcome to the Needles Eye Faith and Work Show, a show that aims to help Christian professionals grow in Christ, find your purpose, and transform your workplace. I'm Jeremy Woltz with Needles Eye, and I'm sitting down with working men and women to find out how their faith impacts their work. Today, I'm joined by Melanie Roberts, financial advisor, fundraiser, and mother. Melanie. Yes. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm very excited. And I just want to point out that you are incredibly sparkly. I know I said that before, but the purse, the brush, you've got the lip gloss. And then I think to top it off, you just have like the most bubbly personality and it is fantastic. So I'm excited to be able to sit down and talk.
1: Me too.
0: really today to like put you at ease for what this is. Okay. I'm not interviewing you. This is not hard. I'm not like, it's my goal to make Melanie cry. (laughs) Really. This is just like, you are a, first off, you're you're a woman in finance, which I think is still a little bit of a minority in that field. Yeah. Um, You're also a Christian Mm -hmm. who very much approaches your work through the lens of faith.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So my hope today, more than anything, honestly, is just to have like casual, fun, hopefully meaningful conversation. Always
1: meaningful, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and it will just kind of be a way of us saying, hey, you're a Christian and you are a, a professional. Right. How do those two intersect and how did you just become the Melanie Roberts that you are today? Right, you have unique experiences. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a history that yeah. is completely your own. Yeah. And truthfully, you you've actually been through some um, unique transitions.
1: <laughs> yes. And yeah. I just
0: want to figure out like how you navigate that, how your yeah. faith play a part in that, and then yeah. like again, how are you, who are you, the wonderful, incredible human that you are <laughs> Thank today. Thank you. So that's you. it. Okay. No pressure.
1: All right. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So to start off, do me a huge favor. Okay. Give me like five sentences. You don't can go longer than that. Okay. But just who are you? Yeah. Brief. Just like, who are you? You know, what's your name? What do you do Mm -hmm. both professionally, but like, what do you do just to enjoy your life?
1: Right. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So my name is Melanie Roberts. I'm a financial advisor. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. Oh yeah. Uh, I somehow got roped into coaching soccer.
0: Oh God, did you play soccer?
1: Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope, did, didn't play soccer, didn't play any sport. Wow. You throw a ball at me, I, I'm more than likely gonna move out of the way, not try to engage. So this
0: wasn't like a, wow, Melanie's really fit for this. It no. was, no one else was willing.
1: Right, and if got you it. want your kid to play soccer, <laughs> you coach got because it. there's not a coach available. Um, and that was three seasons ago. <laughs>
0: Has your team ever had a winning season?
1: Um, we don't really keep score, All right? Fair enough. right? Like, fair enough. So they're young enough that they are not really um, keeping score that much. It's okay. more about like a rec league and team development. Yeah. And try to make sure that they're good people. Sure. And then good soccer players and then maybe we win some games. It's like the Ted Lasso approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So that's the that's the order of, okay, of got how it. I try to coach them. They all have fun, Good. so that's super important. So
0: financial advisor, mm-hmm. single mom, mm-hmm. soccer coach extraordinaire. What else you got? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I have a camp that I absolutely love that is in Illinois um so my mom was a camper there oh wow i was a camper there i was a camp counselor there and my kids have also been campers there so that's like my one thing every single summer is i go back for the weekend and um we all get together is
0: this like a summer camp or like Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. okay that's kind of cool i'm guessing that must have like some sort of formative experience. Oh yes. Influence absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I wouldn't be who I am today. Like my, um, my oldest son calls me nature girl. Because oh. he's like, you just love to be outside, and I was like, yes, I love to be outside. I love to be in the woods. I love to do all things outside.
0: To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I never would have guessed that about yeah. you. You do not strike me as like the outdoorsy, woodsy kind of person. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, that's like full tent camping, everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I need to.
0: Yeah, I need to see more more of this side of you.
1: Yeah, we didn't have bathrooms when um, when I, like the older uh-huh. I got, right? So there were no bathrooms up at Makawala. Makawala. Yeah, Makawala. That just sounds point. like a summer mm-hmm. camp. Yep. So okay. there was there were no, now main camp had bathrooms and cabins and stuff, but once yeah. you got old enough, you got to go up in the tents and sleep under the stars Fair and okay. all the things.
0: Perfect. Okay, yeah. that's like a good kind of survey of who you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So real quick, uh-huh. can you give me like faith journey? I mean, I mean, quick. Uh-huh. Clearly, yeah. I'm, faith journeys can go real deep, and yeah. we'll get there maybe, but yeah. we don't have to yet. So just quick story so
1: i've had a a plethora of religious experiences so i went to a pentecostal preschool and kindergarten okay um i was raised methodist okay i went to a christian school first through ninth okay and i went to catholic school sophomore through senior
0: oh my gosh Um, we have like tons of like religious personalities
1: Um, when I got married, the only church my um, ex-husband would go to was a Baptist church, so I was okay. also baptized in the Baptist church. Okay. Um, and then after we divorced, I converted to Catholicism. So I've been a member of the cathedral down here since twenty
0: nineteen. Wow. Okay. Um,
1: so I have a lot of you uh, do denominations in my back pocket okay yeah fair enough yeah so
0: at, at which point do you feel like your faith became real to you because look my, my family raised me in a Christian home and I appreciated everything but it wasn't really until I can I can recall it was my sophomore year in high school that was the first time I was like I want to believe this for me like not I don't want to believe it because my mom and my dad tell me mm-hmm. to so when, when did that happen
1: oh that you? was really young so probably six my mom almost died oh um yeah so she almost died she was in the hospital when i was six years old wow that's so, terrifying. yeah so then yeah absolutely and and i've seen god work like at a very young age so she almost died when i was six i got um diagnosed with dyslexia in second grade um my dad lost custody of me when I was in fourth grade. Oh my gosh. And so like, if those things wouldn't have happened, which would have been like, oh, this is devastating, yeah. right? Like your mom almost died. You you have a learning disability, but like it opened up the, the chapter in my life to be, you know, what it was. So I've always seen God use maybe bumps in the road yeah. to like, for a real purpose. Like yeah. it's always turned out better even if it wasn't the best in the in the moment
0: right 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 which is usually a hindrance for people to come to faith right, right? the idea that well a good god wouldn't let these things happen mm-hmm. and you even at a young age went through some major bumps some major yeah. hindrances yeah. but instead saw god working. developed faith saw yeah. god in the midst of it
1: yeah That's- well i mean we wouldn't have gotten through it yeah and and my dad wouldn't have lost custody if those things wouldn't have happened. like right. it would have been a longer, more drawn out thing, uh-huh and so, like, yeah, God put that bump in the road, my report cards got taken into court, and this is what's going on, right? Yeah. like and this is clearly affecting her, right. And then I was able to just live my life, and you know, my grades went up, and all the things, so wow. Yeah. And I mean, those, I would
0: say that that... For lack of a better way to put it, like those are humble beginnings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, humble beginnings. But then you went on, and you know, clearly your life got figured out, or you know, the circumstance, your living situation, all that. Your mom luckily recovered, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: fine. you went on to get into politics, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not finance. Yeah,
1: no, it's not, and it's not finance. No, so, um, I went to college at a little town, like a little college town in uh, eastern Kentucky. Okay, so I did the first two and a half years there. And in Moorhead. And then I transferred home to U of UofL and graduated there. But, um, and I thought maybe pre-law-ish thing, um, but I took an internship when I was in Louisville to work at the State House, and I got bit by the political bug. Okay. I was like, because I could see a bill start at the beginning yeah. and end, and like all of what went into that, and the compromise and all of that and I got bit and it was it was over for me. So that was the internship was in 2002.
0: Okay.
1: Um so it was January of 2002 and then I went and worked for the state party that fall. Wow. And um had been in politics from 2002 to 2017, 2018. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And that
0: yep. And, and I, don't, I don't want to sit in the politics for too yeah. long, but I think it's interesting that, you know, politics is one of those that there's the there's the faithful party, there's the, you know, kind of non-faithful mm-hmm. party. There, yeah. There's all these kind of views about faith and politics. Yep. But you, you know, again, from a young age, were able to see God through the struggle, through mm-hmm. the challenges. Mm-hmm. And two things kind of to... That I want to hear more about one is how did that impact your ability to engage in politics mm-hmm. behind the scenes yeah you were behind the yeah I was of behind this. the scenes yeah and I imagine faith had to be oh a absolutely. Crutch, if nothing else
1: absolutely
0: so yeah. I want to hear about that yeah and then I also really would love to hear about like how did you just choose to make the transition out so take that as you will
1: yeah but- so I think that the problem with politics and with people is that, um, but it's especially shown in politics, is that political people want to tell you that your morals and your faith are wrong. And I never felt that way, right? I I had been exposed to so many things and different beliefs that I never sat across from someone and said, what you believe is wrong, what I believe is right, right? And I think that in the olden days in politics, right, they would sit at a table. They would have dinner as families together. They would. There wasn't the the noise, yeah. right? There were real relationships that were built, and so it was easier to get things done. Now it's I'm right, you're wrong, mm-hmm. but we're really not solving the problem, right? It's not, It's it's. It's I would rather be right than make the world a better place. Yeah. And so I always the one candidate that I worked for had a um, had a hundred percent rating with Virginia Free, which is the business like even better than the chamber here, and a hundred percent with the League of Conservation Voters, which is the environmental people. Right. Don't tell me it can't be done.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like he was able to do it not because he's like the end all and be all but because he was smart enough to know like how do we put this policy in place that's not going to hurt the environment but also not going to hurt business cuz we need both yeah right so it's not always a right and a left it's a how do we come together yeah. and truly listen to people and what's important to them and then move the needle forward the needle right the ne- move yeah. the needle yeah. forward <laughs> so I mean that's i learned that and i learned that like you get a whole lot more done by just having the conversations and not passing the judgment yeah. because more than likely if a legislator's bringing a bill to the floor he's got a reason right, right? there's some there's a story behind that so let's figure out what that is mm. how is it affecting him what is the real goal here because half the things that go through the General Assembly, I can tell you, have to get fixed the next year because they have unintended consequences that, you know, so like, what are the intended consequences and how can we come together? And that was what I loved about politics. It wasn't the fighting or the I'm right and you're wrong, but it was like at the end of the day, behind the scenes, how do we really move this forward and how do we really help people be better, the world better, right? And that's what I loved about it. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, Everything you said I think is great because even the way you described what you actually loved about politics sounds like there are some biblical concepts. Mm -hmm. Some like not passing judgment and Mm -hmm. working about how do we actually work together and honestly one of the big things, and and I'm guilty of this, I look at policies that are put forth and if I don't agree with them, I don't think about the politician and the, the person behind it I usually just think about how, like, this is so terrible, and I can't believe they're doing this, and they're pushing this agenda, or or whatever the case is. And the mm-hmm. humanity, right. even I'll do this, i would ripped the humanity away from it. Right. And everything you're describing is, let's remember the humanity. Mm-hmm. Let's remember, essentially, that everyone, even the ones putting policies we don't agree with, mm-hmm. are created in the image of God. How can we work together for a positive outcome? Right. All of that, to me, is like, oh, there's there's faithful concepts mm-hmm. at play.
1: Well, and, and the judgment piece is like, huge for me. Like I had, so my, my, my delegate got put on the seventh floor. He was a freshman delegate. He was super young. He was 35 years old. He got put like in the back corner closet. Right. So the other party, there was only one of him with two on that whole wing. So the other party occupied that whole wing. Mm -hmm. He was a freshman legislator. I was a freshman legislative aide. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, right? right? Like, uh, you know, I've seen it in Kentucky, but this is a completely different beast. And I'm running out in the middle of the hallway, like somebody help me, like I can't, I'm, right? And there was all these people that rallied around me oh, wow. that had different beliefs than me and knew that I was associated with the other party, right. a freshman, they didn't need me. They didn't even need my delegate, right? But they, they rallied around me And then my party wouldn't talk to me because I was friends with these people. And I'm like, listen, do we have 100% of the delegates here? Because last time I checked, we didn't. So you can't get anything through anywhere unless you have a friend on the other side of the aisle. So who's the smart one and who's not the smart one, Right. right? And when I got to the governor's office, it was the other party. I got a letter sent to the governor's office um i can't remember if he wrote it to me or he wrote it to the governor like congratulations i know that you're great for the commonwealth Mm. all this and we hadn't i hadn't worked with him in three four years oh wow right and so it's like those kinds of things those sorts of relationships and he was probably way far away from my delegate and so he could have assumed i was way far from him too right but he still sent that letter, right? I still have that letter even today, right? Wonderful. So it's those types of relationships that you call on because that trust is built, that faith is built, that Mm -hmm. I'm not coming for you, even if we disagree. Right. And so I think that's what's wrong with politics today. I think that's what's wrong with like relationships today Mm -hmm. is like, there doesn't have to be a right and a wrong. There just has to be a like, Community coming together right. to like move things forward.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As you talk about this, mm-hmm. it is obvious to me, like your passion, your excitement yeah, yeah, for it. Yeah. So that still very much is has a place in your heart. Yeah. That experience, that job, So then, talk me through. <laughs> what, was it a God thing? Was it a, a family stage of life thing? Like, mm-hmm. why the transition from politics to now financial advisor?
1: Yeah. So I worked in seven different states. a lot. That's a lot of different states because I was on campaigns mostly. Um, when I came to Virginia, I worked um, for a nonprofit. Then I worked in the state legislature. Then I worked in the governor's office. Um, but it's not real stable. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, you're serving at the pleasure of whoever's in power and they could not be in power the, the next day. Right so um i went through a very messy divorce mm. and my ex-husband stood up on the stand in court and said look at her resume she's not stable
0: oh wow so interesting
1: yeah so the fact that i had been able to get jobs all over the country and people had hired me
0: which is a sign indicative of success right performance I'm right that was being used against you because of the kind of migrant nature mm-hmm.
1: yeah yep and so i talked to my attorney and i talked to uh one of the delegates was that was on that seventh uh floor Uh that was the opposite party and i called her and i said hey because she wasn't a delegate anymore uh i said i need a job do you know of anything Mm. she i thought i was going in for a job interview and she had the computer set up everything was done yeah. we'll hire you right then and there wow so um she hired me she's still the executive director over at uh the virginia realtors okay and she hired me right then to do political work um to help the lobbyists they do endorsements for political candidates based on how they um, relate to realtors mm-hmm. are you pro-business do you understand housing oh, do you understand okay. right So she hired me to work there. And then I transitioned in that organization to sales, which I would have never thought. I can see that though. Right. Because I sell candidates, it's not that difficult Uh to sell sponsorships and to do fundraising for non-dues revenue to go into the association. So I did that. And then I got recruited from a lender that I had worked closely with to do business development for them. And then they laid me off. Oh no! And I was like but I would have never, this is a God thing, right? Because I would have never thought my political career, I have a women's studies degree and a, and a political science degree, okay. would have never thought that that would be business oriented. Right. And and I tried to apply for work in Kentucky, marketing and all that stuff. And no one would hire me because I didn't have any mark. I'm like, I market, I do mail. I, I, I know yeah. what a radio spot, like I can do it all. But it just, it was like, it wasn't translating. So I would have never thought that it would have translated into a business type thing, but it did. And had I not gone to do business development for that lender, I would have never known. During that time, I met a financial advisor with uh, the company I'm at now. And he, um, I I told my mom about him because my mom had a financial advisor and he was telling her to buy a BMW and I was like, my mom doesn't need a BMW. She doesn't care about that. Like, why are you telling? I was like, go talk to this guy. So she went, she transferred her funds over to him and then the lender laid me off. Uh. And so she was in there and he was like, well, what's she doing? And she was like, well, she's trying to figure out what the next step is. And he was like, she'd make an excellent financial advisor. Wow. And so that's how that happened. So. so
0: you went through, cause I didn't know this. I thought you went from politics to financial advising. Mm-mm. You no. worked like seven jobs in between. Yeah. And luckily the relationships you built, the kind of, you know, the, the trust first approach mm-hmm. you take, yep. that really seems to have been the, the relationship difference that you needed to be able to find these yeah.
1: things. God always put someone in my, in my path, right? I've only had two jobs in all of those jobs that i didn't know someone right Mm -hmm. so i'd make it i'd made an impact on them they trusted me they'd seen my work and so it was all it always opened up the doors and so after the lender laid me off i was hard i was like i i don't want to be in corporate america like if you're not going to put the client first if you're not going to do right by people i don't want to be a part of it and this company like said from the beginning, you do put the client first. You, this is, this is our role is to serve. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then like God also took me through this, that I haven't had a standardized test since I was in high school.
0: I was getting ready yeah. to ask because testing
1: is, is difficult Yes, for so, financial advising. Right. And I have dyslexia, mm-hmm. which never had been a problem since i was a kid like since i was learning to read because i just worked harder right, right? i just studied longer what would take you an hour and a half to read and comprehend it was going to take me 2 to 3 hours right. right so i would just work harder well when you're testing and in, in a chunk of time like i never had to been through that before right. like it was it was I would rather eat glass than do that again, right? (laughs) But I got through it. I failed the first time. I took the seven. I failed the first time I took the 66, but I passed the second time. And that is truly a God thing because I would have never... Gotten through it without yeah. the Lord, for
0: sure. I want to press into that a little bit, yeah. Because you, you've talked about going through a messy divorce. You're a single mom. Mm-hmm. You get laid off from this lender. I mean, so there's a, there's a, a moment where you have to feel like your life is spiraling, and luckily, through you know your personality and through your own credentials, but also through your mom having this conversation with the financial advisor you set her up with, mm-hmm. he kind of lays this this seed. Mm-hmm. Of, well, maybe she should look into this industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How did you overcome the you know fear of inadequacy, the struggle of having to learn a whole new industry and mm-hmm. take all these tests, mm-hmm. all while you know managing your own finances to take care of the two kids mm-hmm. that you're raising kind mm-hmm. of on your own? Like, yeah. how do you, because you're probably, I'm guessing, not in your early 20s at this stage. No, you're, no, no, you, I'm you 43 now. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. and this happened a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. So yeah. you were late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. which is by no means young a young chicken, professional. Right? Right? Yeah. So how do you how did you find the the courage, the wherewithal to be able to really step into and say, I'm committed to this?
1: Yeah. So uh, the thing I love about Mm -hmm. being a financial advisor is being able to help people. Right. So when my when I was 13, my grandpa, I was my grandpa's girl. Right. I was grandpa's girl. My grandpa got sick. Okay. He was a Glad factory worker okay. in Illinois, right? So he was a retired World War II veteran, mm-hmm. right? So old, like old guy. My grandma was a switchboard operator at the hospital back oh, when wow. you had to really unplug and plug yeah. back in, right? So these are blue collar people, right? But they had done enough planning. They had a financial advisor. When my grandpa got sick, it was okay right? Wow. Everything was taken care of. My mom quit her job in Kentucky and moved home to Illinois and took care of my grandpa for the end of his life. Wow! If that financial advisor hadn't had everything set up, there's no way my mom could have went her income right. and gone home and taken care of my grandpa. But the peace that that allowed my grandma to have my mom there, right. my grandpa, because he wasn't in a hospital, he wasn't in a nursing home, there was someone able bodied there, gave my family such peace that if I can do that for somebody else, yeah. right? That, that feeds my soul. Are the financial conversations easy? No. Right. You know, they're not easy conversations, but if you have that trust and you have that rapport with someone, then those conversations become easier. They become easier to talk about money. People don't want to talk about money. They don't want to talk about if they if they get sick. They don't want to talk about if somebody dies. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about those things. But if you trust someone that's sitting across from you, then 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 it becomes easier yeah. and then we can plan and then we can We can get to the place that we want to be and it's different for everybody right but the ability for me to sit at somebody's kitchen table with them when their husband's in the other room on hospice Mm. and we're just making sure everything's planned right i go to the funeral home with them right like we're gonna pick this out we're gonna we're gonna do this and so for me being able to do that is a is a god thing right that's how i have those tough conversations, is because God just leads me to serve, right? And that fills my soul. That that makes me happy to be able to do that for another family.
0: So one, I think all that is incredible. Even the story about whether you knew it or not, I mean, the fact that this financial advisor was able to help your grandfather and grandmother set up so well, and then to be able to step into the industry likely as a complete detour from anything mm-hmm. you've planned for yourself. Yeah, I think yeah, that's absolutely. kind of beautifully poetic. Yeah. But then even hearing you describe all of this at this stage now, because you've been in it for a few years. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
0: you look at it now and say, oh, this is this was actually what God wanted me to do?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever get the political bug out of me, right? Like cause it's it's just in me. I it's a much more micro I can see the results much quicker yeah. I can give people peace much quicker I, they call me and ask me questions you know because they don't want to make decisions without my feedback first and sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with like what I'm offering them right it just has to do with like their life yeah. right like I have I have a guy a client that calls me about real estate and I, you know, I'm not in real estate, right? But these are financial decisions. Is it a good investment for you? Like these are the kind of conversations that we have. And he wants to buy a beach house for his mom. Oh yeah. Right? Like it's not for him. Right. He wants to buy a beach house for his mom because his mom was a single mom. You know, like trying to make it through. And he wants to reward her. Mm-hmm. She fought cancer, right? Like wow, yeah. all of these things. That if you don't dig deep to figure out why. Right. Cause some financial advisors are just give me your money. I'll grow it here. Right. 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 But that doesn't get you mother's day at the beach. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I can make you a lot of money, but if it's mother's day at the beach that we really want, right. Like let's figure out how to get you there and everybody's different, right? right? Like my goal, I don't want, I don't want to travel when I retire. Like I want to sit at a lake house and read a book in a hammock, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I want to just rest. My best friend she's a month different than me she wants to travel when she retires right. right so like it's different we're the same age yeah right but it's different for everybody so you've got to find out what that what that is and then let's get you there yeah and and weigh it with the peace of mind like yeah. I have people that are afraid of the market I can make you a lot of money but if you can't sleep at night what's what's right. that gonna do right right so we've got to get you comfortable and this is why we're making the choices that we're making. And I've got, you know, people asking me about CDs and I'm like, okay, well, we can lock this down at 5% or I can put you in a money market for 4.8, which one do you wanna do? Right. Right? Yeah. We can make a little bit more money here, but it's not liquid.
0: Yeah. So,
1: that's you know, like you choose, mm-hmm. we can make that extra 2%, yeah. 0.2%, 0.2. right? Yeah. But.
0: So thinking about all of this realistically, and you know, you be as careful or however you want to be with this, when you look at the way that you engage the, the business of financial advising, can you point to any ways that it's like the way I do this is markedly different than non-Christian counterparts who do the exact same job and they, and they may be profoundly kind, wonderful people. So, you know, just because someone's a non-Christian doesn't mean that they're morally bankrupt, right? That is, that is clearly not the case. Yeah. But are there ways that you go? I can point to ways that, that the way I do it's a little set apart. It's a little bit different because of my faith.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how I get paid, right? Like I don't uh, the commission, the way that we're set up, like I was on like a bigger salary in the beginning and less commission. And then it it comes down. I can't tell you how it comes down, when it comes down. Right. Like my goal is to help people and I do right by them. And God provides. Yeah. Right. Like it's not a I don't look at my numbers. I don't know how many times I've been on calls and they're like, what's your number for th-? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. How, Like ask me how many, how many conversations I had this week that I helped someone, someone sleeping better tonight because we had a conversation. Yeah. You even that, judge
0: your success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Because I also am not 25 years old with, you know, 60, 70 hours a week to spend on my business. I'm like, have 20 maybe one week because I have kids. Yeah. So I try to make it up the next week, but at the end of the day, they're only young once and they're only gonna want me around for a little bit, right? Yeah. And then they're gonna be like, peace out, mom. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, you know? So, I mean, my priorities are different than the making the money, right? So I just, The Lord continues to provide, and I just keep doing the work.
0: Yeah. Talking about financial stuff in general, I think um, money and God don't always seem to go together. So working in a field that is very financially driven, I think, can be almost counterintuitive for people who are like, oh, you, you, you look at your job as a ministry? But I think there are rather than having a conversation about the unique challenges, I think there are some really unique opportunities that you get. And you've talked a little bit about, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting at a kitchen table with somebody whose husband's on hospice in the other room. Mm-hmm. That's a level of vulnerability and intimacy that mm-hmm. most most service providers don't get yeah. with their clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you were looking at what you do mm-hmm. and you think, you know what, there are some really unique opportunities I have, what would those be?
1: So, I mean, I think sitting at the at the table when people are sick, but also like, A lot of advisors don't talk about charitable giving Mm. as a priority, right? Like um, the clients that I wanna grow are gonna have to take required minimum distributions out of their retirement account. Well, what if we talk to them before they're required to pull that out, right? And we say, okay, and I have clients that I do, it's a pain in the rear because she wants to give to 10 different, right? but let's have a conversation in december about who you want to give to and we can give more to those to those organizations into those charities into your church because if it's not hit your bank account right. so it's more work on my end right but we're able to do more with your money and the churches and the organizations get that money up front they get it in december and january so they don't have to work so hard through the year because yeah. it's already there yeah right so it's better for everybody and then also there are tax strategies that we can use to benefit the charities like when you pass away Mm. and insurance policies right like it doesn't all have to be going to your kids or your grandkids yes but i have clients that don't have kids or grandkids so what do we do with those with those dollars that you've worked hard for, how do we put that into place that it's going to something you care about, right? Right? Instead of it just going into probate and right. Right. So let's have those harder conversations, but you can on your deathbed, you're going to be able to die at peace because you know that this money is going to go to something that you care Mm -hmm. about. So, I mean, I think it's it's really digging deep and having harder conversations. No one likes to talk about death. No one likes to talk about getting sick. But if we have those conversations, like we can really maximize your beliefs and your, charity and your yeah. giving and all of the things.
0: Well, one of the things, hearing you describe this that I think is really incredible, th- through Needle's Eye, w- one of the things we talk a lot about is um, leveraging your influence and in finances, your influence and in resources, in order to you know maximize your imp- impact for the kingdom of God. And it's interesting to hear you talk about this because I-, I see it working out two ways in the way you're describing this. One is you have influence with your clients, clearly. You know, that you're in that relationship with them mm-hmm. and you're giving them that advice. That's obvious influence. Mm-hmm. But in that, your influence is helping them figure out the best way to use their resources to steward what God has given them mm-hmm. to have greater impact than than simply on themselves. It's, yeah. it's bigger than themselves. Yeah. And automatically looking at that, you think, wow, it, it is remarkable how through finding and really sort of stumbling your way into this profession. Mm-hmm. God has given you an opportunity and uses works through you to influence people to maximize their resources for his purposes. Yep. And I there's there's beauty in that.
1: And because I have a fundraising background, right? So I I get the I get the m- money part of it, right? I know what nonprofits have to go through yeah. to get that money, right? And so if I can speak to them like I had a nonprofit and I really tried I'm like we can use these accounts as a fundraising tool right like we can set up 10 different accounts with 10 different donors yeah. and they can watch that money grow mm. right like we can you can send them the statement right right like right. you give me a million dollars i will send this to your family for the rest of your life right. right like that that is something tangible that they can watch and see and that that is a gift to them right like my grandpa gave us this money and look at what it's been able to do right it's like when i was in politics i would i would call and ask for a contribution right but i would also call do you know how much a four by eight costs do you know how much a mail piece costs right right like i need you to give me a thousand dollars so we can put 20 yard signs out can you do that no i can't do that can you give me 500 Yeah. I'll give you 500. All right. Who, who can I call to get the other 500 so we can put these $20, these 20 signs out. Right. So I know the value of that. And when people can see it. Yeah. Then it grows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking at, these are fairly mundane tasks, but you can see the greater significance behind it. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I think that is this beautiful kind of biblical picture of this is what work is. Work might feel mundane. It might feel like just something I do Monday to Friday. There is a greater significance behind what we're doing and God can use it for
1: profound things.
0: And your ability to see that. And you
1: can move it in the direction that you want it to. Right. It can go to your church, right? It can go to your nonprofit. It can go to whatever that may be. Yeah. And we can fix that now. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's going to help you sleep better at night. Yeah. Right. Like you get hit by a bus tomorrow. It doesn't matter because what you want is already in place. We've taken care of that absolutely yeah
0: that's awesome Mm -hmm. well good thank you yeah really this has been fun it's been awesome to get more of your story there are things about you i didn't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're you're like i don't even know your life feels like you are more of a nomad than i ever would have guessed (laughs) yeah and i still want to see you in like a woodsy camping environment yeah but i just want to say thank you thank you this has been awesome and uh i know we get to hang out more but i can't wait of course sweet thank you thanks for tuning in to the needles eye faith and work show Please share, like, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and want to see more. Needles Eye is a faith and work community based in Richmond, Virginia. We are a nonprofit organization that seeks to help working people grow in Christ, find purpose, and transform the marketplace. Check out Needles Eye online at www.needleseye.org. Here, you can find more content, check out upcoming in-person events, and learn more about partnering with us financially.